The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Julie Rogers Pamelia is the granddaughter of iconic Western movie and TV stars Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. She is the author of Your Heroes, My Grandparents, which offers a unique perspective on the lives of her famous grandparents. Julie shares personal experiences and heartwarming anecdotes that transcend time and generational differences, making Roy and Dale relatable even today. And Julie is on the line with us here. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. So what was it like when you found out that your grandparents were famous? Well, you know, I didn't know at first because whatever you grow up with, um, that's your normal and you just figure that's everybody's normal. I figured everybody's grandfather had a TV show. (laughs) But then when I was in second grade, my teacher called me up to the desk and uh, there was a weekly reader, like a a news little article thing that we were to read that day and it had grandpa's picture on the front and she got all weird about it and said, "Uh, do you know who this is? You know, and I was I responded, yes, this is my grandfather. And I didn't know why she was so excited. And she made a big deal about it. And so I went home that day and I asked my parents a lot of questions because I had no idea that they were any different than anybody else's grandparents because they didn't make themselves, you know, special. They didn't act like they were better than anybody else or they had some, you know, elite job or anything. So that was my very small beginning of realizing the effect that they had on other people people. And did you ever ask for their autograph or is it a bit weird to ask your own (laughs) grandparents for that? No, I didn't. There were times when I got older that somebody wanted an autograph and, um, you know, for a special occasion or something or for like a silent auction type thing. And I would ask them, I said, would you sign this? And they were happy to sign stuff. Um, But as far as me wanting their autograph, no, I did have an autograph dog that I got for my birthday. You know, those autograph stuffed animals that you used to get with, I don't know, maybe maybe you're too young, Um, (laughs) but you used to sign it. So my whole family signed it. My mom, my dad, my sisters, my friends, and grandma and grandpa happened to be visiting for the weekend. And so he signed it. He signed my autographed dog and grandma signed it. But that wasn't because of who they were. It was because they were my grandparents. (laughs) 
So what yeah. inspired you to write the book, Your Heroes, My Grandparents? I wrote it originally for my three grown sons, and I wanted them to have kind of a family history. It was special to me thinking of all the wonderful moments I had growing up. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to take it down to Kinko's and have it copied and bound, and I'll give it to them for a nice little you know, Christmas gift. And the more I went to these Western festivals, which I often do, uh, people would say, you have so many good stories, you need to write a book. And I said, well, actually, I am. I'm writing it for my sons. And along the way, people kept convincing me, no, you need to widen your audience and actually get it published so we can see it too. And so I finally just took that leap and just did it. Yeah. I, I didn't start out that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things do we learn from the book that maybe we didn't know already? Well, I think you see the human personal side of them and what a celebrity uh, is really like in their private life. And there's really, really sweet, special memories that I have. Um, The thing is that Roy and Dale were everything that their fans hoped they would be. They were the same on and off screen. And that's kind of unusual for, for some today. And they were just very authentic. And the stories that I have are just really special stories that are dear to my heart, things that that we did together, things, conversations we had. Um, There's no dirt, no negative things. It's just a really feel good book. And you don't have to read it from cover to cover because they're just little tiny chapters, three to four pages, and you can just pick it up and read one story kind of thing. And the Roy Rogers and Dale Evans that we saw on screen, were they exactly like that in real life? Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> um, I mean, when I look back at their movies, I don't think they were very, this is terrible of me to say, I don't think they were very good actors because they weren't acting. They were just being themselves. <laughs> and they were very natural and which is strange for grandpa because he was painfully shy, but grandma was very outgoing. And, um, but they were, they were the same. They, they never forgot their roots. And grandpa used to say so many times, if it weren't for the fans, there would be no Roy Rogers. So he never forgot uh, his roots and to be grateful for, for people. Do you think that the fact that it didn't appear like they were acting at all is either genius or a complete natural talent really, isn't it? I guess it is really because they were very, very natural in front of the camera. And in fact, they would sometimes put on their makeup and and their costumes and stuff in their bedroom and walk right out the back door and they would be on set because they owned 300 plus acres in Chatsworth. And that was where they did a lot of the filming of Westerns, not just their show, but other Westerns. Yeah. And so it was, it was, um, they were right there. So they, the lines between, they were between reality and film were a little bit blurred for me because I just saw it, you know, them go seamlessly back and forth. Did they ever get you to try and wear those matching Western outfits when you were a kid? No, but I would sneak into their bedroom and I would I would stick my hands inside the shirts because there were lights on the ceiling and if you held the shirt just right, the rhinestones that were covering the whole shirt uh, would just sparkle and create these rainbows on the, on the ceiling. And I was just enthralled by that. So I used to, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, I, I would sneak in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I have a couple of his shirts now. I have a couple of his shirts. I have her skirt. She used to give me all kinds of clothes when I was older. And um, I have a pair of both of their boots and both of their hats. And in your book as well, you discuss the pressure for perfection in Hollywood. How did your grandparents deal with the industry's demand and stay true to themselves? Well, you know, I don't think they were ready to be picked apart like they were um when they when they first came to republic studios uh they grandma got off the plane and they said oh my you don't even look like anything like your pictures your nose is too big your forehead's too wide your hair's the wrong color everything's wrong and she was just uh devastated you know (laughs) and then grandpa they um they told him uh we don't like your eyes they're too squinty he's you know part he was part choctaw and he just had squinty eyes and they were kind of his trademark. So they gave him these prescription eye drops to loosen the muscles and open up his eyes. And pretty soon he started getting all of these fan letters that said, what, what are you doing to Roy's eyes? We like his eyes, his squinty eyes. <laughs> and so they stopped that after a while. You know, they just, he had to be perfect. He wasn't buff enough. He wasn't, you know, his, he, they needed him to work out more and do handstands. I, I'm not sure why the handstands was a deal, but he got so good <laughs> at that. He walked back and forth to other people's sets on his hands. He'd walk all wow. over the place on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a talent. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, yeah. 
And your grandparents were actually one of the most merchandised couples of all time, weren't they? So how did they kind of manage the commercialization of them? Well, you know, he wasn't getting paid a lot at Republic. I mean, $75 a week, that was a lot for that time. But when you think of how many fan letters he got each week, it was in the thousands. He didn't have um, the money to even pay for stamps to return those letters to, to, you know, make, give them responses. And he felt that he really owed it to his fans to get back to them. It was important to him. And he, they wouldn't give him a raise, wouldn't give him a raise. So he thought, well, I'm going to have to try to figure out something else to make money. And he thought of merchandising. And uh, so he started doing that. He had over 400 items. And the only celebrity that had more items out there was Walt Disney. And actually, the NFL merchandising was under Grandpa's, you know, business umbrella at the very, very start. Uh, he had he had a good idea. And of course, your grandparents had several personal tragedies along the way, including the loss of three children. So did that yeah. affect their family dynamic? Oh, well, yes, of course it did. Um, it was heartbreaking. It was a horrible time because it happened so fast. The three, they lost three in about three or four years. And and then on top of that, he lost Trigger. Trigger died and he couldn't even bring himself to tell the family that Trigger had died for about a year. Wow. They didn't know because he was keeping him at a stables and he couldn't even talk about it. And so they had to move. He just said, there's too many memories here. Uh, I've got to move. Their first child died of, uh, she had Down syndrome and she had heart issues and she only lived to be two. And that was the only child they had between themselves uh, biologically. And then um, and then my Aunt Debbie, who was only six years older than me, she died in a bus accident coming back from an orphanage in Tijuana, bringing toys to the kids and, and clothes. And then my Uncle Sandy uh, died in Germany when he was with the army. So it was just a lot to handle, you know, this dark cloud that was over our family for a while. Absolutely. But they came out of it and they, you know, what they did was they, they turned to their faith in God and that's really yeah. what brought them through um, is, is you know, going back to, to that. And uh, they became closer as a family and just more loving and more, it just, it, it instead of tearing them apart, it brought them together. And do you hope that kind of positive twist to that, if you like, is the kind of message and feel that you hope people will get from the book. You know, I do. Um, but but like she was never neither one of them ever shoved their beliefs down other people's throats. Yeah. And I and I don't either. It's just a book telling what worked in their lives and what they believed and what got them through. And it's just you can't really tell their story without talking about their faith in God, um, because that was such a big part of their lives in the second half of their lives. They had pretty much made a mess of their lives before that. My grandma was married actually three times before grandpa. Wow. And um, she said, never, never another divorce. Murder, maybe, but never <laughs> a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's just, I just would like people to know how wonderful they were behind the scenes and that people that, you know, not every celebrity, um, you know, is is different or not as nice as they appear to be. Yeah. Uh, because they definitely were family people and they were they were wonderful. And that's an interesting thought about the divorce because a lot of the time when two famous people, particularly in Hollywood, get married, people are kind of looking at their watches going, how long do you think this one's going to last? And yeah, when you add yeah. the fact that your grandmother has been divorced before... 
Do you think there was a bit of scepticism when they first got together? There might have been. Yeah. And Grandpa had been married twice before. So, you know, between the two of them, five marriages later, they were together for 60 years. And yeah. they just decided that, that, that divorce was not going to be an option. And they worked really well together and they lived very well together because they were so much opposites. Um, him being so shy and her being so talkative. And um, somebody asked him one time, does it bother you that Dale usually does most of the talking in interviews? And he said, not at all, because it lets me figure out what I want to say. Yeah. You know, give me time. Yeah, <laughs> so true. it seemed to work out pretty well for them. Yeah. And what do you think their overall legacy is in American culture and global culture, really? And do you think they continue to inspire generations today? Well, I think they can. And I think they do because they stood for morals and values and just, you know, being good, solid people. And they also changed the landscape of people's thinking with with people with special needs. Because back then, you know, when you had a Down syndrome, a baby that had Down syndrome, they would put them in institutions and they wouldn't even go home with the parents. And so when they asked him, they said, where are you going to put her? Uh, Grandpa said, what do you mean? Where am I going to put her? We're taking her home. (laughs) And because of their outspoken feelings about that, that she was meant to be and she was their precious daughter, they started seeing more people come out to their shows and rodeos bringing their Down syndrome kids or their kids that had special needs of any kind. And they didn't do that before. So they really opened a lot of doors and they were very, they put their money where their mouth was too, because they, uh, they started and also, you know, gave to a lot of charities that were involving children. And they, you know, they adopted five out of their nine kids. And so they really had a heart for kids. Absolutely. Now that you've written one book, do you think you might write another book? Well, I don't know. I never thought of myself as an author to begin with, but I've always loved to write. I think, <laughs> um, I didn't get to put about 125 pictures in my book because I had way too many pictures. So I might just make a coffee table book with pictures, only pictures and just little captions beneath. Um, yeah, for you know those people that don't really like to read because <laughs> they like all the pictures. But there are a lot of pictures in this book. And in the meantime, this book is, of course, called Your Heroes, My Grandparents. Where are we able to find it if we want to read it? It's on Amazon uh, online and it's also uh, on Barnes and Noble online. And uh, yeah, those are the two biggest ones. I'm I'm in the process of creating a website so that people can write in and they can get the book on the website and then I can sign it if they want it uh, signed and send it back to them. But that's not up and running yet. But I'm telling the radio shows that I talk to that, you know, I'll get back to you and let you know what that uh, you know that website will be called. So when you were getting those autographs for your friends or whoever from your grandparents, did you ever think that one day you'd be signing books yourself? No. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I did not. I never thought that. Uh, it's crazy because, like I said, I didn't set out to publish a book, and here I am. I published a book. Yeah. And from what I hear, people really are enjoying the the stories. There, it's an easy.
easy read and it's a feel good kind of read. So I think it's worth looking at even for it, it still stands the test of time for these days. Yeah. I think people need something positive. <laughs> yeah. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. I'm going to let you go because it's getting to the end of lunchtime and loads of kids are going to come into your classroom in a minute. But yes, I'm going to have third graders. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for having me. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.